Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. Our scripture this morning is Psalm 147, verses 1 through 11 and 20c. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God, for he is gracious and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives, them, gives to them all of their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden. He casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds, prepares rain for the earth, makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the animals their food and to the young ravens when they cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the speed of a runner. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. Praise the Lord. If you would all pray with me. Dear God, we ask that as we enter this time that you would allow us to hear what you are trying to speak to us through these words of scripture. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Space euphoria is a really weird thing that happens to our astronauts and to our spacefaring folks that come from other countries because it seems we call them different things based on which country they come from. It's what happens when these people who get to see our world from a distance that unfortunately most of us will never get to probably do and are overwhelmed. They, are, they see our planet and they are overwhelmed with emotions and with feelings of unity with all of humanity. And there are arguments between astronauts. Some of them believe that you get a better effect from the moon rather than from the space station. At the space station, the Earth still takes up most of your view, but from the moon, the Earth takes up a much smaller picture for you with a background of all of space. There are literal, legitimate, there are legitimate organizations that have goals of trying to get everyone to be able to see this vantage point which has unfortunate pollution costs if we were to try and actually get every human up into space, not to mention the costs. But even William Shatner, who got to go into space with Jeff Bezos, said that everyone needs a chance to experience this. Jose Hernandez, who is a astronaut, said that he thought that every world leader should have to go into space. In space, you get 
This is no longer a quote from Jose Hernandez. But in space, you get a vantage point of our planet that doesn't have the boundaries and borderlines that we see when we look at a globe or a map. We see this small blue sphere that sustains all of us and has enough for all of us. Ron Guerin, another astronaut, says it far better from his book. As I approached the top of this arc, he was doing a spacewalk maneuver on the space station. It was as if time stood still, and I was flooded with both emotion and awareness. But as I looked down on the, at the Earth, this stunning, fragile oasis, this island that has been given to us and that has protected all life from the harshness of space, a sadness overcame me, and I was hit in the gut with an undeniable, sobering contradiction. In spite of the overwhelming beauty of this scene, some serious inequity exists on the apparent paradise that we have been given. I couldn't help thinking of the nearly one billion people who don't have clean water to drink, the countless number who go to bed hungry every night, the social injustice, conflicts, and poverty that remain pervasive across the planet. Seeing Earth from this vantage point gave me a unique perspective, something I've come to call the orbital perspective. Part of this is the realization that we are all traveling together on the planet, and that if we all looked at the world from that perspective, we could see that nothing is impossible. Some astronauts have come back to Earth and done humanitarian works. There is even a song that I believe has a transcription taken from an astronaut who is experiencing joy at seeing our world from the outside for the first time. It's called Spacebalk walk by uh, Lemon Jelly, and it's a bit of an odd tune, but if you listen to it, I think you'll enjoy it. And it just, the joy it captured was fascinating to me. I think that that might be how God sees our world constantly. This pulled back perspective, which surprising enough to me, doesn't seem to give layers of abstraction between the astronauts and the people on earth. When we talk about getting a big picture perspective or pulling back from something, we're often trying to limit our emotional connection. We might make plans that unfortunately don't have as much care for all of the details or enough care to consider all of the ramifications for all the people affected by said plans. But when we see what humans actually do when they pull back far enough from our world, it is they begin to care about each and every person even more in each and everything on this planet. I think God must see us this way, and I think that that's what we see in this second section of our psalm that talks about all that God provides for us in the world. It isn't a pulled back version of God. It is a God that is uniquely involved and uniquely in the mix of our planet. And that's not always the God that we see when we think about God. I think the most famous example of this would be the deists. A lot of our founding fathers, um, at least that's what I've always been told, were deists. The idea that God was this clockmaker who created intricate systems and an intricate world and then set it in motion and kind of just stands back to watch what is going to happen. It's not exactly the Christian point of view. We believe God's at least a little bit more involved in our world than that, but we easily fall into a trap that is called the God of the gaps. It's this idea that, well, we understand this part of the world pretty well with science, and now there is no longer any space for God in that part. God is in the parts that we don't understand. It's an idea that I 
caught myself in, or at least looking back, I have caught myself in when I was in college taking neuroscience classes. It was uncomfortable learning about the different chemicals of, in our brains and how those affect our emotions and our actions and how we think. But we didn't fully understand all of those interactions. And I was like, ah, that must be where God is. But that, I believe, was a mistake. John Calvin, um, pretty famous reformer, um, has a really powerful view of God's creative work. For Calvin, God's creative work does not cease at that first story of seven days or at that story of millions and millions and millions of years, billions more likely. But Calvin sees God's work continuing throughout all of the world. Calvin sees God's work as the reason that existence and that life continues. God is at work each and every day, making sure that we have the things that we need, making sure that we can continue to exist. Our each and every step to Calvin wouldn't be happening without God's hand upon the world, making sure that it continues. That is what I see in this psalm. And it might feel a bit odd to try and take so much meaning and so much truth about God from poetic language. But if we think about the analogical language, I believe I've talked about that before. It's the idea that nothing that we say about God can fully capture everything about God. But the things we say do teach us something about God. They do point to something about God's nature. And this psalmist is doing that by pointing to God's care for all of creation. God is the one who is controlling the rain. God created and named all of the stars. God created the sky. God feeds the animals and the animals young. We so often think about God's care as it relates to us as human beings, but in the psalm here, we see that God's care extends past that. And even Jesus uses this as an example. Jesus points to the lilies of the field, a plant, and how well that they are cared for and how well they are dressed. Jesus points to the sparrows and how they are cared for. And then, of course, points to us and asks us, how much more must God care about each of us? Those of us who get to bear God's image. God is ever present with us, sustaining and making this world happen that doesn't absolve us of our responsibilities to the environment. God was planning to stay involved after God made Adam and Eve and told them that they must be good stewards of this creation. But it does mean that God is here with us still. God is walking right alongside us each and every step of every day, making sure that things happen, making sure that existence continues. To me, this shows just how closely connected we can be with God because without God, none of this would be here. This planet truly is a miracle. We haven't found life anywhere else. We've maybe found water somewhere else so far. This planet is truly something special, truly a gift from God, and truly shows us God's deep, deep love for us. So remember, as we go back out into our weeks, friends, that God is with us each and every day. Everything is now possible because God is here with us and right beside us each and every step that we take. None of this happens without God. Amen. 
Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week. Thank you.